Fuck, I already messed it up. Wow, like it, you actually sound like you have a podcast voice. I don't know if I should fight you or thank you. I'm really happy. I'm also I'm drunk. I hate, honestly, I hate that uh, car alarms like more than a lot of things at, the, at, at this point. Like, I, I, I think they are, they are like the most useless goddamn thing, and I have no idea why uh, they are <laughs> so fucking common. They're so annoying. Uh, yeah, I have two things about that. One, I think that, that they deter people from breaking into your cars. Um, and two, I fucking hate car. It It is so triggering to me. To hear a car alarm because my one of my biggest not my biggest fear but like one of my biggest is like ah is thinking that it'll never turn off. Yes, and it will just be on for eternity. Yeah, right outside like, your door because you can't because you theoretically can't do anything about it. Like if your smoke alarm starts going off, like that's 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 just as annoying of a sound if not more. But you can affect it some way. You can you can flap a towel in front of it. You can you know whatever. Yeah. But like a car alarm going off, you're just like, well, I hope someone isn't being a dick, and they actually fix that. No, but then also you have to think. For me, my immediate thing is, oh, is it my car? Oh uh, well. And then, yeah, fair. and then I'll look outside a couple of times just to make sure extra your lights it, aren't flashing or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if my car alarm works. Your car's in such good shape right now. He he's doing well. He's uh he's living he's living the dream. He's getting fixed up. He's he spent the <laughs> this night. Is, this is the dream. All right. All right. He spent the night. Uh, with some other car friends at the auto shop. You, you uh, kenneled him. Yeah. We put him in the kennel for the night. I just like didn't want to deal with him. Like I was doing stuff. I was busy. So like I just wanted to make sure that he had a good place to rest. And so we put him in the we put him in the shop. I mean, you, we put him in the you kennel. You want to interfere with your friend sleeping over. No, I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. No, he like it. it that apartment isn't big enough for the car inside and someone else here. Yeah, I, I would think the car inside in general would kind of be a bit of an issue with the apartment. Well, I mean, I don't want to... It's, it's sad to leave them outside. Doorways. How are you doing oh, this? right. It's okay. I'll just like park it in the first floor of the apartment below us and totally fine. It's fine. This is... <laughs> this is lit lit. This is lit lit. This is lit lit. Uh, where we, uh, we read books sober and we talk about them drunk. And I'm Danny Burford. I'm Andrew Klima. And this week, whoa, grip it and rip it, baby. baby. Wow, I didn't know that you were going to, hey, Dale's Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you were going to wait to open that uh, until we started. Oh, I, I did not honestly mean to. I just kind of <laughs> just forgot, I forgot about it and then yeah. opened it when I wanted it. Uh, so this week, we're talking about The Princess Bride uh, by William Goldman, mm-hmm. uh, which I was Some very, of you may have heard of before. Yeah, it's like not a very well-known book or anything like no. that. Definitely. Um, this is definitely my first time ever hearing about it. Don't know anything. Podcasting is a visual medium. I was just nodding my head furious. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you like it? Yes. Uh, oh, wait, yes. Oh, you're, I, supposed to, you're supposed to describe what it is. Oh, I'm doing that this time? All right. I think, I, feel, I, feel, I think we're both on even ground here, but yeah. All right. Um, so this, I mean, if you've seen the movie, this is pretty much the movie, but um, yeah, it, it, with with slight alterations. It's, a, it's So this is, a, this is a fairy tale. It's a... a uh, 
a young girl and a young man who fall in love and then the man goes away and is presumed dead and then the the girl uh marries a princess not for love but just because the princess is threatening her with death unless she does it the, the girl the girl marries a prince a prince why well, i said princess i mean well, i wish it was a princess that it's would a very, make it's, it better it's a, it's a it's a very forward thinking book for for its yeah. time um so marries or is uh, is forced to marry a prince or engaged to a prince because the prince will kill her otherwise um and then she is kidnapped by ruffians and a mysterious man swoops in uh, to save her and you know whole story uh it's again if you've seen the if you've seen the movie this is the story uh, there's slight differences uh, uh, goldman goes into a little bit more detail about like some of the background yeah. stuff between the nations in the area gives humpernick maybe it gives the characters in general a little more fleshing out which we'll talk about i, I know later on but um yeah it's like it's a damn good fairy tale and uh, then told uh, told in a modern way it's very good do you, so you liked it no oh, yeah for sure i loved this book. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> you made, the way you were introing that made me think that you were like, no, actually, no, no, no. twist. Fuck this book. It was terrible. No, it was so much fun yeah. and oh, wow. such such a, a light, I mean, it's such a, just like a, a fun light book to read during what were sad scary times yeah so we will we will we will go we'll probably record the uh the little bit after this and talk about it but as uh, the day of this recording is the uh, november 7th and uh biden earlier this day was finally declared president-elect uh so as always a hearty fuck you to donald trump uh his <laughs> the staff record label and as a motherfucking crew um stephen miller go eat shit forever i hope people beat your ass on the streets um etc yeah, so this is a, a podcast where we <laughs> This is a podcast where we put bounties on Stephen Miller. Uh yeah, we could do that. I don't have, I we, we don't have we don't have the reach or, or, or the cash. But still, fuck Stephen Miller. And, uh, talk, uh, speak for yourself. You don't know what kind of reach I got. <laughs> I have the khaki steed outside. It's such a weird name for a car. It's not. It's actually a really funny name for a car. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess that, that's what helps it work, but oof. It's like that there's some comedian who talked about who had like a bit about that no one ever buys a, a tan colored car for themselves. Okay. That it's, you're always, always, it's always a hand me down. You're always gifted mm-hmm. like a tan mm-hmm. collar, I, co- I, I can, collar car. I can already picture a friend from high school who had a tan like uh Honda of some kind, I wanna say. But yeah. I might have been the khaki steed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> my CRV man. Oh no! This this is a little our guy. Uh, oh, like it, well, it wasn't it wasn't a Civic. I, I wish this is weird because usually I can remember car makes and models of like uh, ones associated. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. It was it was it was just broken as hell. Like the like something new would not work on it every every mm. week or so. Uh, not a great car, but yes. Yeah. So anyway, the <laughs> this is the Princess Bride. This <laughs> is <laughs> the Princess Bride. Um. What? So I love I love reading this book. I really loved the way that. The story was framed. Um, yeah, that's something uh, that that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead. Why don't you why don't you explain it? You, you're um, you touched on it. Well, first. I just I loved how uh, he was able. Um, he, as in William Goldman, was yes. able to like weave this story and have the have the framing be that someone was telling this story. Yes. To a child. And like, like have that kind of like going through everything, and it—I don't know—it just it was like a very cute way to do it. Well, I feel like yeah, he um, 
because he does this introduction about especially this whole like fictional story about how he, the author William Goldman, is adapting this book or abridging yeah. this book by uh, Morgan Stern, uh, yes. uh, S. Morgan Stern, who ha- you know is a, is a, Fl- a Florian classic writer who had written the story back in you know. Uh, the old days or whatever and then that like that his uh, immigrant grandfather father read it to him when he was sick with pneumonia when he was a child and so he and so he was a super big fan of the book and like uh, for his uh, son's appropriate age birthday he wanted to get him the book and have him read it and the son and he went through he moved heaven and earth to do it well seeming like a well make himself out to be like a real dick too which was, yeah. a, really, it was a really interesting choice um but then he you know gets the book for his son and his son like you know reads it and just isn't like really that impressed by it and he's and, and William Goldman's heartbroken and then he reads yeah. it himself again and then realizes that like you know wow my dad was cutting out all this stuff and he was telling me he skipped all this boring stuff uh, so yeah. I, I I had a much better version of this and so what he theoretically presents to you as the abridged version is this like streamlined like you know uh, well doctored story yeah well I, I mean. Have- like, Oh, so just one thing real quick uh, what I, I thought was really interesting like um did you know that all the uh, all the stuff that he wrote about his like his family in the intro is all made up no really so that's not, yeah so that's not that that's also fictionalized it's not like he didn't ever had a wife named helen uh his son he's has like three ki- three children or something like that not, not just the one um Really? And so, yeah, and so and so like the like the the stories like him being like the braying ass at the hotel and like how he's making fun of his like fat kid and stuff like that and like talking and not having a great relationship with his wife it seems yeah. uh, all that stuff is like just him throwing it in there as a caricature for some reason I have no idea why uh, I, I don't I don't know exactly what the purpose of it was but yeah that's really oh that was very interesting to me Do you think that he was the main character? No, I mean he's he's just he, he's just the uh, the vehicle for which it flows through. I guess. Um, I like feel the, like you the, fr- the frame is. You, you think th- you think that's the end? No, no, no. I think that you could make an argument. Yeah, I, I think I, you could make I think an argument that that he was like. I would write a paper about that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely I, I wouldn't write a paper about it. <laughs> if if I was still in college in my English classes, I yeah, would, I would write a paper about it. Yeah, I think you could definitely argue that it was a story about who he was and like what he wanted to get forth and everything like that. I I would argue that because it brackets it and there's not enough meat on either side, I don't know if I could call him enough of a main character. I I, I can hear someone making the argument though, and I think it's yeah. a valid argument. I just personally I I personally wouldn't make it, and I would argue against it. But it also doesn't mean I'm I'm right and they're wrong. Or yeah, anything, so. I I did love how uh in a lot of like the asides or whatever when you were reading through the chapters, it'd be like yes. yeah, there was like 49 pages that were really really yeah. boring. So like we're not going to talk about that. And then you would get to like what was happening in the story. Yeah, and you'd yeah. be like, oh, oh, okay. All right, we're here now. Cool. Like, yeah, we're, we're all we're all good. <laughs> yeah, and then that's later used like and cause, yeah, because he puts himself in all these little like these little like italicized or depending on your edition, I'm sure like yeah. notes about how he had just cut 86 pages of like packing and unpacking as yeah. the, the the suitors for the prince come and go and whatnot, and all the hats by that one woman that was around. Yeah, uh, who's bald. Yeah. Yeah, which is oh again, so random as hell. Like, uh, that's uh, one of the things I love about details. Or like, uh, sorry, about fairy tales are just like random little details like that. Like, yeah. just, like not like completely non not nonsensical, but just like outlandish little yeah. bits. It's also just I think it was so comedic 
because the idea that a prince who is going to be running a country was just totally fine with uh, marrying anyone, which yeah. in any other world would like in real life would never happen. Yeah, you you, then, you you don't slum it, but no. And then two to like show what this actual marriage looked like of like what like how like fucked up it was and all that or like mm. what the exchange was going to look like he's like yeah she's i want the prettiest girl in the world i saw a milkmaid the other day she delivers milk and she like could use some work but she's definitely pretty yep i'm gonna marry her like or she dies or she dies mm. and that there was normally when you're seeing these fairy tales told like this the woman is like, oh, my God, mm. I feel so lucky. Like, I can't believe I just met a prince. Yeah, she, yeah, even if he turns out to be a dick, she's at least fooled in the beginning by her notions of, like, romance and love or whatever. But here you have Buttercup, who has instead already been, been broken of that at the age of, like, 18 or whatever it is. Yeah, and I, I loved that she was like, yeah, I'm not going to love you. And yeah. you're not going to love me. This is the transactional relationship, and, you know, that's... yeah. And, like, that was all that came from it. But it was also, I think, so satirical in the way that it was presenting this, like, fairy tale love, quote-unquote, story mm-hmm. of uh, what normally would be the happily ever after for a typical fairy tale of, like, sure. find, finding the prince, marrying the prince, being, you know, now a princess, mm-hmm. is now turning on its head and being, like, Oh, like uh, it's in fact the thing they have to stop. Like yes. the real love story has to has to thwart in order to make the real love story happen. Yeah, yeah. It it. Whenever I think of Prince Humperdinck, right? Humperdinck. 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 Humperdinck is fine too, as well. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, sure. Either way, either way. Yeah. Gets, the point, gets the point across pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but he reminds me so much of Lord Farquaad. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was probably intentional on the, on the yes, part of the right? track. Like, I, I, I assume it had to be, but yes, one hundred percent. I, the entire time, even if, even though I'd seen the movie, I was just <laughs> thinking of Lord Farquaad, which I also didn't know was when you say it fast, it's supposed to be Lord Fuckwad. Fuckwad, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't remember when I first heard that the first time, but it wasn't like when I was very young. Like, I, it was in the last like three years or so that someone pointed that out to me. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. okay, I get it. It's one of the the pigs are like, oh, Lord, like Lord. I'm not can't. I can't, I'm not gonna do voices. I can't do voices. Might even gonna try. But yeah, no, the pig, that's, a, that's a good idea. That's, the, uh, same with the pigs and Shrek, where they're talking about Lord Farquaad. You can. This is now a Shrek podcast. So, oh, get Shrek. You know. <laughs> Somehow we'll work a Shrek slash Dale's Pale Ale for, <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, uh, I, I feel it working. But I thought I was so excited. I was reading this book and just found myself laughing out loud and just so enjoying the story and the way that it was mm-hmm. all laid out mm-hmm. and uh, just how how it moved forward. And it was just it was so much fun. Now, did now we'll talk about the movie a little bit later. But um, did you do you feel that you felt this way because you had that experience with the movie and you kind of knew what you're getting into going into it, or do you think if you'd been picking up this, if you picked this book up and it was the first time you'd heard that story at all, that you'd been like the same way? I was thinking about that while I was reading it, and so my 
this is my dad's favorite book. This is my dad's favorite book and favorite mm-hmm. movie. Just like total okay. follower of it all. Uh, and if you, if you, do you know if he if he read the book first or if he watched the uh, the movie first? Yeah, he read the book first. Oh, okay, cool. Because there yeah. was a period of time between uh, for sure. And I know this like I know this, I know this is like fairly popular, but I don't think it was like this huge thing. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, he read it. He read it first and just absolutely lo- like loved this book. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, for me, like he wanted me to read it, and he read it with me, and everything like that. And then when the movie came out, we watched the movie, and it was kind of a thing where he, it, it, he wanted to watch this movie all the fucking time. Oh yeah, he had that kind of connection to it. Yeah, it was just kind of like the, and I think we've talked about this in like past, like a past little lit of movies that you would never turn off if you saw that they were yeah. on TV. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, that, I mean, not just at any time, but especially like a Sunday Hangover movie. Like yes, that like, comes on any channel. It comes on like A and E at three o'clock, and you're like, fuck yes, absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. You're like, yeah, the follow like. All the national treasures are done. Like hell yeah, let's put on Princess Bride. I've, I've I've watched Role Models and Step Brothers and the other guys on Comedy Central back to back to back. Let's keep yeah. going with something else. Um, so I had wondered whether or not me being so familiar with the movie and like I had read the book, but I I was I was young, so I wasn't as into it as I am now. But if that had changed my perspective on what the book sounded like. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think it did. Besides Humperdinck being Lord Farquaad in my mind, I think I, I had... Minor alteration aside. Yeah, I think I had associated everyone in the book with who they were in the movie. It's real hard not to. Yeah. So, especially because the movie does a really good job. Yes. And, 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 yeah, 100%. Like, and, and at least part of that, of course, is because Goldman wrote the uh, adaptation as well. So like yeah. he, so he could carry the voiceover that well. And I'm sure that when he was writing the book, he even had an idea of how that kind of thing would work, a possible optioning for the future. Not, not like he was trying to make it a movie. I'm just saying that it's the kind of story that lends itself to a movie very easily. So I could, yes. easily see, so I could see him putting in things along the way or having certain things, ideas in mind that translated over very, very well. I also think it was one of those books that, would translate into a movie very, very well. Like most, like a lot of fairy tales do. Uh, yeah, but this one in particular, just because it's a very charming book, and when, I mean, yeah. this, this goes back to the sense of humor of it. Like there, there's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny in terms of like a lot of the dialogue and the wit back and forth between characters, but it's also things like, um, uh, I love that he would capitalize like ultimate suffering like it was a platonic yeah. ideal as opposed to just like a thing that was happening uh you know true love i don't I actually forget if true love is, is, is capitalized or not but like, this idea of like assigning um like proper noun status to certain ideas is a very fairy tale-ish thing it's almost we th- we think childlike uh, uh, to have like you know this grand idea of what true love is for example in, in your head but uh, he makes a, he makes a whole point of kind of leaning into that and embracing it. And I think that like it, it kind of reminds me of when you have these fairy tales that can translate into to movies and such, and and it, it's able to be a satire without kind of calling so much attention to it. You know? Yeah. It really reminds me of. Wow, I'm going to do a lot of like reminds me of different movies. I think that's what happened a lot of those ideas. Yeah, it reminds me of Thor Ragnarok. Where just wait, just wait for it. Where they were able to kind of make fun of the whole movie, like whole like hero movie, okay. 
uh, where they were kind of like making jabs about being superheroes and like making jabs about like what mm-hmm. kind of power went into that or whatever and was able to kind of create a comedic movie out of a universe that was very, very serious. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's self-referential. Uh, exactly. it, it's it's almost it's not quite fourth wallish, but it's kind of like um like Scream, maybe, uh, where where you have people commenting about what horror movies are like while they're in a horror movie. It's not yeah. quite as blatant as that, I guess, uh, because like they're not talking about fairy tales while they're in the fairy tale. But they do they do like there is there's like winks and nods to like what's appropriate to happen at the right exactly. point and things like that. And there's like this air of uh, like over the topness, but without it being like gross, like gross, you know. No, well, but like again, they they wink to it, like they 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 acknowledge. Um, this is gonna be. I'll I'll, I'll do the next uh, like a movie comparison. Uh, have you seen Brick? No. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. It's uh Ryan oh, Johnson. <laughs> it's Ryan Johnson. I don't know if it's his first movie, but it's one of his early ones. Uh, he, I think he did that. Then the Brothers Bloom. Then Looper, maybe. Uh, but anyways, um, so Brick is a noir shoved into a high school setting um, involving like a, a a a kid who's trying to track down uh, the person that killed like the girl the girl that he that he that he his ex girlfriend basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a kid in a high school. But he's but he's given like this kind of like authoritative like PI uh, on or like you know detective on on the on the loose uh, 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 kind of thing, and it works well in a lot of cases because it's just like stylized version of how you want these high school interactions to go. And the only time it really butts up against the problems within its own genre and setting is when he when the when the principal is trying to tell him to like you know get off the case essentially like he's the police commissioner trying to yeah. you know, get his hotshot detective under control and like in the dialogue in that scene like they make it so over the top that it is kind of a wink and a nod to the fact that like yeah like here's the point at which this isn't a perfect translation but like that like then we played up that scene for comedic effect to make it work and then voila the whole thing works i think this i think the book does it a lot too yeah and i think that the book does that because you get william goldman kind of going throughout it with your little asides and stuff like Mm -hmm. that where you know like you know as a reader that there is like a separation of this is also a book for someone else. Okay. You know, where instead of if you're reading, and I don't know if you do this, but a lot of the times when I do this, when I'm reading a book, I put myself in the story and I put myself as like either the main character or like in that world, like while I'm reading it and like visualizing mm-hmm. it, whatever. But for this, which is why I was asking before, who do you think the main character is? Because I didn't uh, know if I was going to put myself in the situation of like me reading this story in my mind. Mm-hmm. or if I was going to put myself in, like, as I was reading it, really visualize m- myself as one of the main care, like one of the other characters in the book. And I think that this had, because of that extra layer, it gives it a little bit more, uh, f- like foundation to be more satirical or be more, sure. uh, or be, I never know. Is it funnier? More versus more, more funny. Yeah. Uh, I, funnier. I think right? I think in the context you're talking about that funnier, funnier works as opposed to more funny. Um, I also am not enough of a grammar nerd to know this one offhand. offhand. I either, because I was gonna say yeah, it's just funnier. But now I, it's not more more funny. Sounds bad. Yeah, that sounds awkward. But oftentimes proper things are awkward because you never say them. So I don't know if that means anything. I'm gonna go with funnier. 
I'll just stick with funnier. That's yeah, probably... I, just, I think that sounds right. And I think that um, one of the other things that I, I really loved about this, which I is like one of my main things that I love about most novels and reading, uh-huh. is the dialogue. Yes. And once again, this book uh, was similar in literally no story matter or context of like storyline, but mm. reminded me of Hill House in the way that I couldn't skip paragraphs like i couldn't skip descriptions oh uh, because yeah so much was happening and especially when we were getting to the like asides or whatever mm-hmm. um that i couldn't like there was two stories kind of going through it so i couldn't skip i, I couldn't go straight to the dialogue which is what i normally fucking do which is not great like it's not good but that's what i do i don't think it's i don't think it's bad necessarily because i think i think I think authors like I think the prose quality or like you know impo- or if they put they put important information into their descriptions and narrations I think that's when you kind of you I think you have to earn that to a degree like I think mm-hmm. as a writer you have to be good at that before someone's going to avoid skipping over it or or skimming it uh, or, or 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 you know moving by a little bit quicker than they might otherwise because sometimes those things bog you down. If you're not a good enough writer to carry those scenes, the, then it's, then it's something that can really trip you up for a bit. Yeah. I think for me, like, even if it is a great writer, I just, okay. I, I read through dialogue so much faster. And I think it's because oh. like, a back and forth, a back and forth. And that's just naturally for me, in my mind, what the meat of the story is, is the dialogue that's happening, even though that's definitely not true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, mean, I, I definitely move. I definitely move through dialogue quicker. Don't get me wrong. Like there's there's books that I can, like dialogue heavy books. I know that I will fly through as opposed to narration books. I know are going to take me a little bit longer. Uh, yeah. Just because I do move uh, slower through those those sections. But I don't think that that's because the other those sections are you know not the meat of it or anything. And in fact, you know, you get quite a lot, especially from a good writer from the from those sections of really getting into, getting into a character's head. Yeah, I don't know if you've dealt with this. And I'm, I mean, maybe you have, but I don't think we've, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but, um, like I didn't read for a while after school and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just like, wasn't very interested in it. And I remember getting back into it and I found myself really judging myself on the speed at which I was reading things. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, and I found myself like reading through, that was the weirdest noise I think my throat has ever made, by the way. I've got jokes and jokes and jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I, for me, like, I was really judging myself on how quickly I was reading through th- through things and not being able to read through descriptions that quickly. So just, like, moving yeah. to the dialogue and being really disappointed in myself because I wasn't reading at the pace at which I had, for some reason, in my mind constructed to be a normal reading pace. Well, it probably was what your pace was before. Uh, and then you, and then you yeah. got to, and, and then you, you tried to get back into the swing of things and, you know, similar to exercise, you know, you fall, if you fall off for a little bit, it's a little like you, then you can, like you can still read obviously, and you can still work your way through a book. Although I, like, I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure coming back to it the first couple of times, well, depending, you know, can be, could be a little bit difficult, but yeah. that's the reason for not being able to move through it as quick for sure. You gotta get used to it again. I also think that um, uh, taking so many class, like taking the classes that I did where I was having to read so many novels in the course of a week, uh, I had trained myself to try and find what I thought was most important to the text instead of enjoying the book. Yeah. 
Because yeah, you, it, it was a it was a job basically. Yeah, it, 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 you weren't just reading for the hell of it. Yeah. No, and so like I I feel like still. Like there are definitely times, and I and I understand that uh, I have a podcast where I'm supposed to be reading books, and that also kind of counts as like an unpaid job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Currently unpaid, everyone. Yeah, uh, but that feel free to fix that. Yeah, I'm very fine with fixing that as well. Um, but that like sitting down and forcing myself to read. Which I felt like it's such a negative connotation, but I feel like a lot of people feel that as well. No, but- I do too. I, I, even as someone who loves to read, there are times when I have to like I, I have to make myself do something that is not more you know frivolous, for lack of a better word, like playing a video game for for a while instead, and be like, no, dude, like read these pages tonight. Come on. Yeah, and I found myself like really enjoying reading this because yeah. it was it was funny and it was wasn't heavy and it was light and it was just. Like the way that it was written about and the rate, the way that the story kind of progressed was so cute and like charming and you wanted to keep on going with it. And um, I, one of my favorite, one of my favorite portions of it was obviously the scene. Well, I don't want to say obviously, but for me <laughs> was the scene when um, Wesley or the, sorry, the guy I'm, the, the guy, man in black. Man in black. You're the, the guy in black. You know, the classic fairy tales where they refer to everyone as guys. You know? Yeah. The the man the man in black. This fucking guy over here in black. <laughs> this fucking dude over here all of a sudden wearing like Broski in a mask shows, yeah. right? <laughs> uh but when he was like going to try and get Buttercup and was having to fight everyone. Um going and through then, trials. Yep, and you got to see the backstory. Yeah. Uh to I'm totally gonna blank on their names. You're talking about Inigo Montoya and Fessy, yes. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, before uh, before we go too much back into the characters, I I, I do want to just touch on what, one of the things that you said just there. Um, like so much of this book and how it moves along, uh, it's because the book is dedicated to that idea of, mm-hmm. of, of pacing it along. Like it is first and foremost a fairy tale. Like he builds a little bit more stuff into this book about like the 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 country itself and like a little bit more about the you know the the, the political landscape i guess but not a whole lot like you know, they're, yeah. they're like you don't miss a ton in the, in the book you know that you wouldn't get in the movie but like that's because he focuses so much on on the uh that the plot and the pacing of the whole thing and i was reading this thinking like not that this book is doing something crazy and uh i don't know a whole a whole new style of writing or anything but there's so many fantasy books nowadays that are so uh obsessed with these like little worlds that they build uh that they do so much caretaking for their cool idea for a world and don't tell a fucking story uh like there's plenty of things that do it stories that do it well still so this isn't like a shit uh, like shitting on all modern fantasy it's just that a lot of like not a lot a good amount of them are very happy to play in this sandbox that they have and never actually make something out of it. They're yeah. still just kind of like, you know, checking, trying some things out and making sure that like their lines look real good, but they never actually have put out a finished product that, you know, that, that, that does what you need it to do. And Goldman's going through this book, just mastering the pacing aspect. Of it. Oh yeah. Like, like there's no, like, granted, this is a relatively simple story to do it. So something that's a little more complex is perhaps more impressive, but he does such a good job of moving from place to place. I, I never felt this dragged anywhere in particular. Yeah. I didn't, I never felt this was, um, 
you know, like slow in getting to certain, I had beats that it needed to like, you know, big moments and everything. Like it was just a very, very smartly paced book. And, and it was refreshing to, to see someone just leaning into that part of the craft. Speaking of, um, uh, world building and everything like that. I just had like a oh. really quick question for you. Oh. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, fuck, Mary kill. Oh, no. uh, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Inigo Montoya, uh, Vizzini and physique, uh, uh, who would your choices be? Uh, you kill Vizzini. Like, obviously he's, he, he, no, I, I think this one was pretty obvious. You, you, you marry Fezzik, you fucking Inigo and you, and you kill, and you kill Vizzini. Like that one, that one's clear, right? Okay. So then my next one. Oh God! Okay. Right, hold, hold on, hold on. Do you agree with me on the first on the first one, or you have your own interpretation? You would marry Fezzik? Yeah. And he, then would, he, would... he would care for you. He would protect you. Well, like, I'm not, not even talking about the physical aspect. I'm just talking about him as a man. That's true. He is. Where, where is Anigo Montoya? Is white hot Spanish action? What? I would love to give him a hug. Like I would want to be hugged by him. You'd be held by him too. Oh! Oh! Wow! I would love. I would love to be held. <laughs> By well, Andre the Giant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, right. very much would like to be held by Andre the Giant. It's a shame yeah. that can happen. Um, okay. Then my next one is Fuck Mary Kill, uh, Prince Humber- Humperdink. Uh huh. Count, the Count, and the yeah, Albino. Rugen. And I, see, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to fucking do the Zoo of Death people. Um, you can, I just can't, can't see that, though. It's fine. <laughs> I think you have to kill the count because he's too obsessed with pain and that would lead to situations that you might not be expecting Mm -hmm. uh, were you to do either of the other two things with him. Yeah. Uh, I think that you'd probably fuck Humperdinck and marry the albino. Right, like I, I wouldn't because because like if if Humberdink had just like lived in a loveless marriage with Buttercup, I'd be like, all right, then maybe I'd marry this guy. Like he's not going to do me any harm. He'll you know he'll make me a princess or such. And I think that'd be really boring. I think that'd be a I think that would be a really boring time. True, but I'm, I, but but I'm not saying it's, I'm saying there's no there would be no like clear disqualifier in that case at least. Where but the problem is that like he tries to murder Buttercup, so that kind of throws the marriage thing right out the window there. Yeah, I for me, uh, I think the count is an interesting. Uh, I think I would probably kill Humperdinck, and the count would be an yeah. interesting fuck only because of the amount of fingers. Um, <sighs> I hadn't considered that that changes everything. Right? Yeah. Even if it's not your thing, like that's like that that's new territory There's and you might as well explore it. New exactly. Uh, I would definitely marry the albino. Yeah, I think that I think that has to be the the move, right? Like or, I, I don't think I mean, at least partly by default cuz I don't think you can trust either uh Count Rugen or 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 Prince Humperdinck, so. Yeah, I think that if Humperdinck wasn't a prince I think I might marry Humperdinck if he was like a lord or something. If he was a little less important. A little less important. If I didn't think that he could actually like fulfill his thing of like I'll kill you if you don't marry me. Uh, oh, well, he didn't. If he didn't have the power to back his douchery, okay. Yes. Then okay. I think I think I would choose Humperdinck only because I would definitely be able to control that motherfucker. Like I you, would. You think so? 
definitely be able to at least do enough to where like my life would be okay. Yeah, I think that I, th- I think assuming he's not going to kill you, I think that you have a chance of make uh, of doing good in that relationship. I just think that you kind of can't separate those <laughs> those things. No, that's why I would want him to be a lord. Yeah. So in, I- in my mind, he's dead. He's killed. I marry the albino, and then uh, Count uh, Rugen is my one night stand. My that's so, I mean, we, we, we basically, yeah, we basically reversed our, our feelings on Humperdick and Rugen, but yeah, that's about what I was thinking as well. Yeah, I just think that it would be it, it would be an it would be an interesting an interesting affair. <laughs> it would be the title of the sequel to, to, to or the, the the side novel from the story. An interesting affair. <laughs> a bear to use book. Oh, imagine. <laughs> no, I, I don't wonder. Want to. I wonder what the uh, fan fiction is. Ooh, the slash fiction for these. The yes, insane. Yes, right? absolutely. That's, that's, that's a very good call. Really good. Uh, there's, ooh, yeah, there's got to be a lot of Humperdinck and Wesley stuff. God, got to be a lot of Fezzik and Anik. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. There, this is. There are so many different avenues to go down, and so many different holes. And I just really and so many different fingers and so many different fingers. Like there are now extra phalanges that could really uh, be used. Not a good enough name for a band. I thought extra phalanges was good at first, but I think I think it's a little bit too. Oh, I think it's a little too. I think I think it's a little bit too on the nose. A little, a little too precious. I don't think it works. Well, it was a really fucking funny comment, though. Like, oh yeah, well, doesn't not being a band name doesn't mean your comments aren't funny. You say plenty of funny things that can never be made into band names. Well, you say some funny things. Oh, I parenthetical. I thought that was going to go someplace else. I thought you were going to say no. You say a lot of funny things and a lot of funny band names. I didn't think that you were going to then take away the whole funny thing. No, I was, I was. That was definitely not going to be nice about that one for some reason. I just feel like I'm. I can come up with a lot of good band names, and then I'm. I'm rather hilarious. Well, why don't you make a note about them like, on your phone with all your band names? Why don't you compete with the big dogs and see How what How many happens? of the band names that you have on your phone are something that I was there when you discussed? Not that many, to be honest. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're on the list. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you didn't contribute to the list. I'm just saying that like, it's not like this list of like 40-odd names is like 20% you or now or anything. Like, that's uh, Toblerone? That's one of them. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the ones I remember. To be fair, I think that was Sean. <laughs> well, to be fair to either of you, I don't know if that was the thing that really like. I don't think anyone said that was like, "Wow, that's a gem of a comment right there." Until I until I was like, "God damn, yeah, it's a great band name." If the Princess Bride was a band, what kind of music do you think that they would play? Something in like flamenco. Uh, I went a very different direction. I was cool. thinking about like the darkness. <laughs> Like, like 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 intentionally over the top like near two thousands hair metal like that like that that, yeah, kind of, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. I can see the album cover. Yeah, I actually can too. Yeah, for me, I don't know if it is for you, but for me, it's like a princess in a veil that had just like it's like crying blood, and it's like all oh, black good. and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I see. I, I was thinking of like Wesley looking almost like Fabio. I mean, not, not not like you know better looking in the face, I guess, but you know what I mean, like some kind of like overly dramatic, like long hair flowing in the wind type thing. Better Fabio, looking in the face. What are you trying I'm, to say about Fabio? It looks like well, he's done a lot of good jobs. 
Does he look like Lucius Malfoy, or does Lucius Mal- Lucius Malfoy look like him because he's a fictional character? I don't know who's older. Ooh, at this point, it's gotta be Fabio. I, is Fabio still alive? Yeah, I, I think. All right, hold on. Let me just Google Fabio really quick, so we're not accidentally dragging the name of a dead person through the mud. Or is he a shithead too? I honestly don't even know. I don't know either. I thought he had died. No, no. Oh, he's sixty-one. He's sixty-one. Okay, so yeah. Lu- Lu- Lucius Malfoy. I mean, in the books, he's probably, or in the, like as portrayed in books and movies, he's probably like forty, forty-five, or something like that. That actor probably was not quite the same, but all right. We may be tangenting a little bit bit about Fabio and Lucius Malfoy while we're talking about the Princess Bride. Perhaps we've gotten on a tangent. Imagine that uh, cross story, though. What if all of a sudden, if they climb up the the fucking cliffs of insanity and they end up at Hogwarts? I would burn the fucking book immediately for do for doing that to me. How dare you? Ma- how do- how dare you make a mashup of my fantasy properties? I don't. I'm just reading Harry Potter, so I don't know about it. Ooh, yeah, plug, plug, plug. We're going to be reading Harry Potter uh, to start off 2021, everyone. So it's get ready my, for that. My first time reading. Wow, I like think I might deserve a singing career as well. Yeah. So again, pay us for the podcast, or just go to Daddy directly for her singing voice and, and sign her to an album. You can find uh, me directly at Andy Clemma. Nope. Dot com. Spelled it wrong. Pronounced it wrong. I yeah. got all, all, I knew, all, of it, all of it at once. I knew. I knew I was gonna. I was like, ah, that's good. That's it. Just look it up. It's fine. Yeah. Pretty. I'm. I'm I don't hide on the internet. You can find me. The Princess Bride uh, is really good, though. We yeah, you, 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 you can believe us about that. Okay. There, okay, so there is there is a section of this book that um, you, so you started to touch on. I, I brought us back briefly to talk about like the pacing, but um, they do these little uh, glimpses into the past life of the characters, uh, especially um, Inigo Montoya and mm-hmm. Fezzik. And like, I don't think that the movie did like say a bad job of characterizing them. I think that like you got and liked those characters yeah. pretty well on their own. Um, but they are fairly like, archetypal in the movie. And I'm not saying that as an insult, because I think that if you nail archetypes, uh, it still works very well. And there's nothing like wrong with that. Um, but the book gives you more backstory. Like it makes you understand oh, yeah. more about each of them and why the way they are and why some of their mannerisms are the way they are and why some of the, like, the, like a lot of like plot related points that come up later too. I thought, I thought, those, were, I thought those were really smart. I thought the backstory for physique was so set. Fezzik. Sorry. I don't know. I can't. I'm not. I'm not doing good things. You've seen the movie. I know. I know. (laughs) I literally just saw it. Did you watch it? Did you you watch it after you read the book? Yeah. Or around it? Oh, man. I should have done that too. I know. And it's not. It's not going to happen. I ask you to pronounce the author's names normally. The fact that I even (laughs) pronounced William Goldman, which is like a very like safe pronunciation. Yeah. yeah I almost still leaned on you. <laughs> you almost still made sure that I was the one to introduce the author. Yes. Yeah, almost. Anyway. Fezzik. 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 
uh, Fezzik's backstory was so sad. Yeah. So fucking. I mean, they're all their backstories are pretty sad. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like now, the, now, now the kid whose father died in front of him when he was ten years old. That wasn't that sad. No. But the, but the big boy, he was. His life was sad. Kid who was made to like fight in fucking yeah. rings. By the time he was seven. His parents made him into a gladiator. Also, can I just talk about the fact that when they were going into like, oh, yeah, they had really big kids. Like, they would give birth to really big kids. Sounds terrifying. Oh, yeah. Awful. Like, it would break you. Perhaps literally. Awful. Yeah. Just absolutely awful. And then when they were like, oh, yeah, this, this kid was, what, 30 pounds at like a month or something? Just eating you out of house and home. What what is happening? One, and then like he's so sweet because he was getting beat up and he didn't want to fight. And then his yeah. dad was like, "You're gonna like hit me, hit me." <laughs> <laughs> Where's Lau? <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just like <laughs> it was a really sad story. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, and like, it, like you get to you get why both of these uh, characters come to end up working for someone like Fazzini because I mean that's part of it. Part of it is like how you have to explain how they got there in the first place, um, but the other part of it is also making you care about them afterwards because like you, once they've once they've uh, once they're no longer the bad guys. Like once once uh, Wesley as the Man in Black, you know, as Dread Pirate Roberts uh, defeats them, then they are they're, then they're not, and, and he defeats them in such nice ways. You know what I mean? Like when like the the like uh, Anigo helps him up to the top of the cliff. He lets him wait till he's re- till he's ready before they have the fight. I mean, this is all in the movie as well. But like this is all very these, these are all very nice things. It's all very like the, these characters like by way of, by way of their action like make them out to be. Like Honorable. good, good, or at the very least, like you know, good enough people to to not be killed at, at the end of these two things. Whereas Vizini obviously is because he's yeah. a piece of shit. Like so, you like you have a clear moral code coming here through as well. The scene I thought my favorite, I think my favorite scene of this entire novel was when like going up the cliffs of insanity, yeah, and like going like fighting all of them or whatever. And I think this was the moment, and we've talked about it earlier, but where. I couldn't tell if I was reading the dialogue as I was reading the dialogue yeah. because I had seen the movie or if I was reading it because it's how it was being. Re- I mean, I think it was just written extremely well, but yeah. it was the moment where um, it was Vizzini Viz- and mm. they were doing the uh, cups and the yeah. poison and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, if you did this, and then like I would know that you did this, and, and then just you're... rattling off the permutations, yes. yeah. And it was just like everything, and it was just it was so perfectly done in the movie too. Wall of where... Sean, brilliant, brilliant job of that. Oh like, my uh, god, minutes, yeah, absolutely. It was so fucking awesome, and then it it just the way that it was reading was so fast paced, and. It's... It yeah, was it, it was great. That whole that whole scene, that whole scene, and like what you're saying, uh, the dialogue between the two. Oh, the dialogue is mostly like Vizzini talking out loud, and then like you know Wesley interjecting yeah. every now and then, as Carrie Elwes does so well during the movie. By the way, Carrie Elwes is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen Men in Tights, go ahead and do that. Uh-huh. If you also want to see him as uh, playing a uh, international art thief on the on, on the TV show Psych for like mm, three or four guest episodes, go ahead and do that too. He's awesome there. He's also extremely handsome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which works uh, well for him in, the, in, in this movie. Or... Yeah. I think that the only part in this book that really 
made me mad was uh-huh. after Wesley, after the man in black had found Buttercup and was taking Buttercup with him and stuff like that. And she was like talking, talking, talking at him and he slapped her. Yeah. That was the one moment where I was like, mm. I, I will I will say that's one of the few things like the book there's a couple of moments that like you have these two like uh characters that have true love between them that you're looking at you're looking at me like, Huh, you're kinda of bickering a little bit here, aren't you? Yeah. I don't think that's what people in true love do. I mean like it's those are small details. It's not the yeah. biggest thing in the end. But yeah, that that did take me out of it a bit. It's also kind of like what the fuck is true love anyway, you know? Now we're gonna get into the love podcast. <laughs> the love right? podcast. No, but uh, when he like slapped her, and then she like, then they went like walked quietly, and then he like fell down or whatever, and is like rolling down, and he goes as you wish. Yeah. She was like, "Oh my sweet Wesley." Blah, I blah, slapped blah. you two minutes ago. I was like, "He just hit. He hit you." Hey, that was the that was the Dread Pirate Roberts. The man rolling down the hill was Wesley. No. <laughs> I thought if I said that authoritatively enough, it would just end the point right there, even though it was total bullshit. But yes, fine. No, that was like the what? That was a really big. Oh, also, and the, I think that the movie and the book just fucking go so well together, and they just do so much good things together, and yeah. are pretty much like the same thing. But when Buttercup is going th- going through the town, and there's that like old woman who's like, "Boo, yeah. queen of garbage." It's I say that all the time. <laughs> I I say I have developed. I spent years developing a, 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 um, a, a immunity to iocane powder all the time. It usually involves being hungover, yeah. but oh, uh, yeah. or, or or taking shots or something like that. But one hundred percent. But I always i've i've been saying like oh, queen of garbage for forever. And Isn't it weird the little things that make their way into your mind from, yes. like, from 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 movies or books or TV shows or whatever. And I was saying that like way too young. Like I was because my I had had this book in my life for so long and the movie too. Yeah. So I would. So, like there was something that would be happen, like it would happen that I didn't like, or someone that was mean to me. Oh yeah, you just you say that automatically. And I would be little, like I was definitely like nine, like seven, eight, nine, and just be like queen of garbage, just like no, just toss that out there. Ooh, queen of garbage, not impressive. I don't need <laughs> it. I I have said. Um... I've called people jerk stores for years based on the one mm-hmm. Seinfeld episode, uh, I, as I believe, as I believe you are aware. Um, and yeah. and I, to the point where like, I don't even consider that a Seinfeld reference. It's just something I've said for some, for nigh on like 15 odd years or whatever it's been. So it's just like a thing to me now. Mm-hmm. The same thing with saying Boer into the Simpsons reference. I don't even clock that it's from the Simpsons. I just something I've said for yeah. years and years and years. I think one of the one things that I have said for years and years uh, that I don't think about anymore, which I definitely should, is shit fuck piss. Oh yeah, that's kind of automatic for you. Yeah. Uh and that's because that's my mom's like go to saying. That was always what my mom would say. And we had a rule when I was growing up that if my mom said it then I was allowed to say it. Because I think she was trying to keep herself in check. Yeah, she well. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can easily see that. Yeah. And I remember the first time that my mom said shit. Uh we were driving Back home, I think we like had gone to Taco Bell, which was like mm, so good. 
Uh, I got that's a, that's a move. I love it. Got a Mexican pizza, uh, which don't exist anymore, by the way. So say bye bye. Okay, so bef- before before that was done, what was your typical Taco Bell meal order? Oh, I was always, Mexican pizzas are now done as of like a month ago. No, no, no. I, I know. I'm just saying, like, like back in the day, or even if it if it had happened recently, like if you like if you if you went to uh, to McDonald's to Taco Bell, did you have a set order, or do you actually play around in the menu? Oh, I would. E- it would either be. Oh, actually, wait. Do you not know the story? I don't know. What I do. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I introduced it like that. Like I gave you no context. Um. So. Uh, I used to like really plain foods growing up and I love Taco Bell. So I just wanted like a bean and cheese burrito. Sure. But like with just cheese, like just cheese and beans on yep, it. Yep. Uh, so we were going, uh, we were going through the drive through and I would be like, Oh, I just want a bean and cheese burrito with like just cheese on it. No tomatoes or anything like that. Yep. So my mom ordered, she was like, I want a bean and cheese burrito with just cheese. And the guy was like, okay, that's like a little sure. weird, but like, are you sure? And my mom was like, yeah, just that. That's what we want. So we get to the front, and they had literally taken a tortilla and had just put cheese in it. <laughs> As in, my mom had asked for a bean and cheese burrito, but with just cheese. And so, yeah, so, so they just went with the just cheese part and didn't yes. think that, like, oh, yeah, by just cheese, he means the accoutrement. Yeah. So uh, I get it, and I was like, ew, there's only cheese in here. Like, still eating it, like, very happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But was just like, there's only, che- but was just like, there's only cheese. And so I told my mom, and she's like, well, that's not good. We can't, we can't have this. We this can't is- let you have a quesadilla. This is ridiculous. So, like, my- we went back, and my mom got so mad. At the Taco Bell employees. At the Taco Bell employees. Uh, oh, no. So then I changed my order almost immediately. To not just bean and cheese burrito. So I would do the Fiesta burrito. What's in that one? It was like the Mexican rice um, and then just like chicken and beans and cheese. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. No, I, can, I, can, I can fuck with that. What about you? Uh, steak quesadilla was the constant. Love, mm. love, love, love their quesadillas with the little the little, little bits of like spicy sauce that you that that they're, they're the sections of spicy sauce that you got. I preferred steak to chicken. I I don't know if it was just because I started that way or if it was actually a, a, a taste thing. I love their chalupas just because. Ugh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard for me to turn their down. Their French wrap supremes too. See, I fuck with. I, there's a lot of stuff in the dollar menu that I fuck with, but honestly, do not know it by name because I just would randomly pick something from there. It was always it was always last minute add-ons because the standards were steak and uh, ste- steak quesadilla, some kind of chalupa, and then like add something for ninety nine cents real quick off the menu. So I never I never had a go to for that uh, side of it. I would fucking go for some Taco Bell right murder now. Murder some Taco Bell. Right now. We need to move on because otherwise, I will murder some Taco Bell. I will take care of Taco Bell right now. That's what I'm saying, and that's like, and I can probably make that happen, which is why we need to stop talking. About Wait, it. we can make that happen. I think it's on like Grubhub or Uber Eats or something like that. It's gonna be cold. It's not gonna be. Is it the same thing? Oh with the, yeah. It's we the go to the Galleria with... then if you really want to. I, no, I definitely. Where am I? How am I gonna get there? Hmm. Mm, the khaki steed. That's like, right. Well, also, I'm drunk. 
Oh yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> your first thing was like, "Oh yeah, your car isn't sounding too good." <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're doing this podcast over over like a, a, the internet as opposed to in the same room, I don't think about how drunk you might be as much as maybe I would if I was seeing the bottles sitting that's in true. front of you. It's not a so. bottle; it's a box, baby. <laughs> oh, no, oh my god! <laughs> we got a box of some lush Pinot Noir. And it has, uh, it's on a Best Buy for wine enthusiasts. It has over 50 gold medals. I don't know who gave that to them. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, doesn't Miller Lite have some gold medals? Like, I don't think I can trust these things. I feel like their gold medals were probably the fact that they spelled light the way that they did. <laughs> that, 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 they, they got innovation medals just, yeah. for, just for changing up the English language? Do you think, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't think. I would fuck up some Taco Bell, though. Yeah. But the Princess Bride is also a really good. Do you? What do you think? No, this is the this is the Taco Bell podcast now. What do you think that Wesley's Taco Bell order would be? Cool Ranch tacos. Uh, so the I, I'm very excited for this because it's my birthday book. Oh, fucking and we're reading Twilight, Midnight Sun, the fifth book. And only the fifth uh, book. In the series of Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. Wait, you're still singing? That's really the whole time? I don't know. I just I felt it a little bit, so I just like let it go, you know? But yeah, so we're gonna read Midnight Sun, uh Twilight, Midnight Midnight Sun by Stephanie Myers in the Twilight series. I don't know. Uh this was one of my favorite series in middle school, high school. I don't know. One of the two. Um, no, no shame. So that is everything that I want to do. And Andy is super excited to read it. He's actually been asking to read, uh, the Twilight books for a while now. And, uh, and it's gonna, he's gonna be really excited for it. So anyway, uh, very excited to read that with you, uh, and talk about it. Uh, thank you so much. (laughs) 